welcome to episode 33 of Creativity Conversations. And today I have the delightful pleasure of speaking with the talented, creative, inspirational Janet Tangway. Janet, welcome. Thank you for the invite. This is exciting for me. So if you haven't been on the call before, this is an opportunity where we get to talk to people who understand the nature of creativity and they embody it and they get to share it with us. So our conversation is unscripted and we'll just see where it goes as we explore creativity, what it is, what gets in the way, and uh, take it from there. So I am going to read parts of Janet's bio. She is such a prolific creator that it would take me maybe not the length of this interview, but a good bit of time. So I'm just going to read some excerpts from it and we'll just jump off from there. As you may know, for the people who are on the call, Janet is a dream synergist and business advisor. Having directed the Entrepreneur Bootcamp at the Capital Region Chamber for over a dozen years, she's guided over a thousand entrepreneurs in launching their dream businesses and has encouraged hundreds of people towards living the life of their dreams through her unique and inspiring vision board, employee engagement, treasure mapping, focus group, team building, and strategic planning workshops. She's also assembled a collaborative team of other coaching professionals that offer everything from DISC and Myers-Briggs assessments to emotional intelligence and Six Sigma training. Her company, The Hammock Way of Life, attained minority and women-owned businesses certification in New York State in 2019. She named her company The Hammock Way of Life because her vision is to spend more time in hammocks in the next few years. Has that happened yet? Uh, Well, I have a hammock on my deck and I have spent time in the hammock (laughs) on the deck, but since COVID, I I have not been to Hawaii and uh, Belize and the Maldives, which is are all on my radar. So well, soon. I don't think any of us have been there in the last <laughs> right, year. Right, right. As the founder of Art and Soul, from 2006 to 2017, Janet represented over 150 artists, coaching and teaching them the business of art. Janet's also a mixed media artist, author of two children's books, BB and Dust Bunnies Don't Eat Carrots. And she has another business called Biz Idea Shower. So why don't we start there? What was that all about? Yeah, so during my tenure at the Chamber of Commerce, I helped people start businesses. And what I kept finding was, you know, at their ribbon cuttings, people would show up with balloons and chocolate and candy and champagne. And those are very lovely things, but it's not really what entrepreneurs need. What they need are doormats and point of sale systems and um, you, you name it, right? Actually, Ty is one of the recipients uh, of uh, some uh, of the registry. So basically, there's, you know, wedding registries and there's baby registries, but there's no such thing as business registries. And so I kept seeing on social media, why aren't there business registries? Why aren't there business registries? So I have to go, I have to go back a little bit from that because when I was a kid, we lived on a big hill and with my brother and sister, we used to go sledding in the wintertime. I lived in Vermont and we would stand on a sled and slide all the way to the bottom on that hill standing up. And, I, and we said at that time, wouldn't this be really cool if this was on a mountain? Well, that's snowboarding. And had I taken advantage of snowboarding at that time, <laughs> I could have been the next Burton, right? Um, 
but I didn't do that. So when this one came about and I kept seeing it over and over and over again, I remember that moment when I was snowboarding or you know simulating snowboarding on a sled when I was a kid. And I said, someone has to do something about this and why not me? So we created something where you go on and you register for $30 and, and we set up the registry for you so that you don't have to register on a bunch of different sites. You tell us what you want, we find it, we put it in your registry. And then there's a business directory side where attorneys, accountants, people that serve entrepreneurs can also be put in your registry. So they pay to be on the site, but they get their money back because now they've been put in a registry. Other people, friends, family, strangers purchase that stuff for the entrepreneur and, um, and they get what they need in their business, which could be chocolates. Actually, Ty, I don't know if you got chocolate. She has this, uh, you know, uh, business around that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about Ty? What what uh, what you got? Ty, you may need to unmute yourself. Okay. Um, yeah. No. I. You know, when Janet came up with this idea, I was like, well, sure, of course. Why not? If I don't have to buy it, somebody else might. So, um, you know, like she said, it's like a simple registry, just as if you would do for a wedding or a bridal shower. You click all the fun things. I had to be a little creative because, you know, I'm a product based and I do some quirky things with my fruit. So I needed different type of things. But um, I've received my chocolate stiletto molds. I've received um, like individualized Oreo cookie um, you know, wedding favor covers, labels. Every once in a while, Janet will email me and say, I don't know what this is for, but somebody liked it and bought it for you. So, um, you know, it's definitely a great, um, I, I love it. It's definitely a great feature. It's definitely a great business. And I share it with my friends and family and, you know, other entrepreneurs that I think, uh, you know, would benefit from having something like this. And again, if it's uh, an expense that you don't have to have and somebody has a giving part, then yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. You're yeah. yeah, We have clients now in Texas, uh, India and um, Florida. And so, yeah, it's, build, it's definitely building. So it's a great way to network with other entrepreneurs as well and support them if you're just into supporting entrepreneurs. I mean, you can buy something for an entrepreneur that's $7 to, you know, 300 or more. So, yeah. What a generous idea and what I can just imagine what it would be like as an entrepreneur to suddenly find out that somebody, especially yeah. if it was anonymously, yeah. is it anonymous? Yeah, sometimes it is. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of philanthropists in my back pocket. And so if they see an entrepreneur that they like and, and they, you know, I sort of announce it every once in a while and, and then they buy something. Somebody got a handsaw. It was, you know, a $350 value for his business. He's an electrician and, and that was really fun. And so, you know, people want to support people, but they don't know how and why I didn't accept money. There's lots of websites out there like GoFundMe, Kickstarter and all that is that the IRS has very stringent rules around accepting money. I know that some people right now are trying to do that. And I caution them because you can't just take people's money and go buy things for them. You're, the IRS will come after you at some point. And the attorney cautioned me about that right from the beginning. So that's why I'm doing only services and products. Oh, but that even that, yeah, that's just the best. Yeah. It's yeah. just the best. Yeah. Yeah. Well, One of the challenges that I have is, is I have so many ideas going on that I really, I really have to, you know, make sure it aligns with my values and, and stay centered because, you know, I can, 
anyway, go in lots of different directions if I see a shiny <laughs> object, right? So, anyway, well, let's, see let's explore that. Where do your ideas come from? Um, I meditate every day. And um, a lot of times if I really listen and pay attention, um, that's where they come from. In fact, uh, Elisa had me do, uh, and I'm so grateful for it, earlier this year, Deepak Chopra had a 21 day challenge and it was one of the best things that I ever did. I did, I, I had conversations with my mom and some other people and it was powerful. So if you haven't done that, um, Elisa, do you want, I don't know, I like to call, call on people. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. Elisa, can you mind. tell us about that challenge that we did? It was last year. It's been yeah, a, it's yeah. gonna be a year already. It did, time flies. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it was on WhatsApp, a group, uh, a group chat on, and we had meditations from Deepak Chopra for twenty day, twenty one days on abundance. You listen to the meditation, and you had an assignments to do. So yeah, yeah it was yeah. great to have you. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you're still, you're meditating every day. That's wonderful. Yes. Yeah. yeah and really I, I saw that Hope raised her hand earlier. I don't know if we still have a question. Well, I'm going to open up the call in a little bit Thank for you. everyone. So yes. stay tuned and Hope, don't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're meditating, and you're getting ideas, where do you think they come from? I actually ask, I'm so glad you asked me that question because one of the things that I'm doing and I'm so out of my comfort zone with it right now, one of, one of my dreams has always been to write music. Like I'm good with words, so I write a lot of words down, but I, um, I took 10 years of piano lessons and um, I resisted it as a kid and I, and I know the notes, but I don't really play, I'll say. However, I would love to be able to do that. And so I had a, you know, an expressive arts teacher uh, where, where I got my training in and, and he said, just sit down and ask for guidance. So lately I've been sitting down in front of, I have a keyboard and I say, if there's anybody out, you know, my guy, whatever, you know, that can, that left the earth with unsung music, play it through me, All right? That's sort of my meditation, right? So I sit in front of the keyboard and I just say, give me, give me notes. And I just meditate and I, and I have a notebook and, I, and I'm not listening to it just yet. I've written down a lot of C, D minor, <laughs> F flat, you know, like whatever, right? And, um, and I'm gonna play it. I started a little bit the other day, I, I couldn't resist. And I was like, oh, that kind of sounds like something. So I don't know what it's gonna become, but that's what I'm doing. So it's, it's something unique and out there and, and uh, you know, but it ties into meditation and, and, I, and I specifically ask, same with dreaming. Like if there's a dream, something can come to me in a dream if I ask that before I go to sleep at night, it's amazing what you'll get. Oh, absolutely. It, it's very similar to a question that I ask and not only when I'm going to bed, but what wants to show up? Yeah. Like with the painting process, since I do, yeah. most of my work is abstract, is that I'm... I get there with the paper and the paint and I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. I just say, okay, what wants to show up? Who wants to join the party? And right. I get out of the way. And I think that that, however you're doing it with meditation or I don't know, channeling, whatever you want to call it, yeah. that that does get us to a place where we're more of a channel than we are the, the instigator or the originator. 
Yeah, well, that get out of your way, way piece, Nina, is so important because I, I I remember creating a piece one time where the the paint dripped. It was a, a woman and her face, and all of a sudden, you know, in my mind, it was ruined and the paint was just dripping, right? And I it took a lot, but I allowed that to happen, and it gave the painting emotion because it looked like she was crying. And so it's powerful in many ways now. I'm looking at it because it's over there. And uh, yeah, so it just, it made a difference. If I had smudged it out of the way, it would have been a whole different, whole different painting. So, but it's hard sometimes when you have a vision for something and you can't get out of your own way. So yeah. you, you do that by, you know, practice, right? So what, what else do you think gets in the way? Fear. I mean, fear is the number, I think the number, the number one and having sort of, Per, you know, no peripheral vision, right? Sort of having tunnel vision, right? My friend Rocky sometimes says, you know, you have peripheral vision sometimes, like he'll be next to me waving in a car and I won't see him, right? And so, um, so what I do now is I shift just slightly, right? So when I'm creating something, especially paintings, I will put them really close to my face um, and see what I see. And then I'll put it way far away and up in the air and down on the ground and uh, you know and i see very different things in all of that when i'm feeling stuck so and sometimes that's just a small movement right it doesn't it doesn't have to be big steps it's just to get out of the way you just have to move slightly it's <laughs> right? like those magic eye books yeah yeah exactly it's right? <laughs> <laughs> so true so what yeah. do you think the fear is about because I have some theories about this, so I'm interested. Okay, good. Well, I can't notes. wait to hear them. But two, two, two things, right? Either afraid of failure, or I even think the bigger thing is afraid of your own power, afraid of your own success, right? Um, for me, you, you know, I, I'm I seem like an extrovert, but I'm really an introvert. And so, if it if I'm successful, then I'm I'm asked. I like doing this one with you, but I'm asked to do TV and some other things, and I just want to paint. I just want to be in my right. So sometimes we're afraid of our own our own success, our own power. So I think kind of that's for me anyway, part of it. And and again, uh, I used to be more afraid of this. This does. I've done a lot of work, so it's not anymore. But what other people think, right? So yeah, not so afraid of it anymore. So, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I also think, and I've been working on this for a while now, I, I have, a, have an intention to do a TEDx talk about this, but I think that for me anyway, because art is a, a strong medium for me to work in, is that the same things that cause us to stumble when we're making art or writing or doing something creative are the same things that make us stumble in life. So having expectations, uh, being more interested in the outcome instead of the process itself, uh, comparing ourselves to other people, giving up too soon. Yes. All those kinds of things are the same things that happen to us every day in life when we talk about what we do and we share our lives with other people. Right. How's it coming across? Oh, no. You know, I've right. blown it. Oh, no. Yeah, the, um, the expressive arts changed changed my life. I I agree with you hundred wholeheartedly, right? So um, I was a perfectionist. I was in a job that I liked but didn't love, and and uh, I took I started taking expressive arts therapy training. And one of the first things they did with us was 
um, close your eyes and write and and write or draw or whatever with your non-dominant hand, right? And and what that does is you can't think about it. You don't know where the where what's going to develop through all of that. And so it really helped me get out of that perfectionism. And if I made mistakes and I hated it when I opened my eyes, I just paint over it. You can always paint over things, right? You can always do things over in life, right? Right, right. And you know that that speaks to another issue that people have and. And I, I try to count myself a recovering perfectionist, but it still sneaks in there. But that impulse to want it to be right the first time. Yes. You know, yes. it's got to look good, you know, right off the bat. And I remember taking a class with uh, a collage artist years ago, and I had worked on something and worked on it, and I didn't really like it. And I was having a problem with it. And she looked at me like I was had two heads, and she said, it's only paper. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's helpful too to experiment with, with different mediums. So what I find is watercolor is too fluid for me. Mm -hmm. And oil, I'm too impatient for it to dry over days and days. So for me, acrylics work, gouache works. Um and I remember doing an exercise once with a group of dancers that was really fun. And we we pretended we were different, like we were we were watercolors and we were flowing and then we were clay and we were stuck. So there's there's ways to sort of get out of your own way by I think picking a different medium, right? Moving or writing or, you know, the medium that you don't normally do, go try to do something else in those realms. And so, um, but I think experimenting with what your medium is 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 important. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Tell me about the business Art and Soul that you started and what that was like and what you did and where, sure. I mean, I can see it being infinitely creative in the in the process of even making it happen, but I want to hear that from you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's a fun, that's a fun story, actually. And, and, you know, I have one of those unique um, minds that it's both business oriented and art oriented, kind of like yourself, Nina. And so, so uh, what happened was I, I wrote a couple children's book, I left a job, uh, because they were going to make me wear a sweater vest my whole life. And I, I couldn't see myself <laughs> in sweater vests and white shirts. And so I worked four days in banking, because they were going to make me wear a sweater vest. And, um, and that was like when they made you women wear uh, stockings. Yes, exactly. I was in those days as well. So yeah, a combination <laughs> of all of that. And uh, so anyway, I left to write children's books and then uh, graduated from expressive arts therapy and, uh, you know, as a trainer and uh, started doing my own work. And it, because it was abstract, it was expressive and it, it you know, wasn't realist and realistic and, and uh, but I was selling it. I was selling the art and people couldn't figure out how I, was, how I was doing it. I'm not fine art trained, right? It was sloppy and messy and there was something beautiful in that. And I was selling it. So other people, family and friends mostly said, how are you selling your art? I'm, you know, I have a fine arts degree and I'm not selling my art. So I said, well, this is, this is what I'm doing. I'm having some shows and I'm doing this and that. And, and I was doing that for free for, for several people, I would say five or six people. And then I talked to uh, one of my doctor's uh, wives and she was an artist and she became my first client. And she went on to create a business uh, called Art de Cure and uh, raised lots and lots of money for diabetes. Her husband was an endocrinologist. And, um, and so 
Um, anyway, so so the the it paid itself forward over time with working with these early early artists, and so yeah, and it was getting the artists out of a mindset that artists are starving. I kept hearing from you know art oh starving artists, starving artists. I was like, why? Why artists don't have to starve? We play plumbers and we pay dentists and we pay all these other people. Artists have a skill. Get out of that mindset. So I started helping people get out of the mindset, and it took on a life of its own. I well, and I think partly due to my work at the chamber, I met so many people mm. and everyone's creative. They all, everyone had, not everyone, a lot of people have a dream to be creative in some way. So I started a business where I would go into people's studios and see their processes and then help them get shows and kind of do that marketing work behind the scenes so that they didn't have to set up the placards and the, and make the phone calls for the venues. And, and I could see their process, which helped me technically. And, and really some of it was very proprietary and I got to learn a lot of things. So it was beautiful um, until, um, until, the end of it where I really wanted to expand out to work with more than just artists. And that's when I started working with entrepreneurs. So it combined creativity with kind of the business side. And I still work with creatives, but in a different way. Yeah. So you weren't meditating then? Not so much, a little bit, but not as much as now. So uh, my question is, where do you think your ideas came from when you weren't meditating? they just come to me. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I, I just, they driving in the shower. I think there's some sort of meditation from that, right? You're it's quieting your mind, right? It's, it's in, in the space where I wasn't frazzled. Like before that I was in a career where so like the phone rang constantly and everything was coming at me and I allowed all that noise and buzzing, right? I wrote a book about being who you want to be. And it shows there's this one picture in it, um, where it's a, a little bee face and all these other little bees like around it. And that's what I felt like. I felt like, oh, I'm letting all these people destroy my joy, right? And I needed to let that go. And, and when I'm in that joyful state of just quiet, then ideas just come yeah. all the time. I'm yeah. with you on that one. I think <laughs> that the more we can let our minds settle mm -hmm. and stop focusing on the 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 monkey mind you know that uh there's more space for some new ideas to come in yeah you have to trust you know i say now i used to say that leap in the net will appear and now i say leap in the hammock will appear but they, <laughs> they, you know the the universe doesn't let you down i hear so many especially during covid right that um anxiety is such a big deal right now i'm hearing more and more people say how anxious they are really you know financially and what am i going to do next and all that and and i same thing i could focus on that um, after jumping off from a career and having to pay my own health insurance and all that, but I don't, I just say money's coming to me now and the universe is going to support me. And you know what it has, and I don't know how it's happening, but it's the best decision I ever made, but I keep having to constantly tell myself it's going to be okay. It doesn't seem like we need to know how, right. right. As long right. as we keep moving forward, yeah. doesn't it seem like we take the next step and something comes up to meet us? Yeah, yeah. There were 300 people at my um, my launch um, for Hammock Way of Life, and um, it was right, and it was amazing, and and I, I I couldn't believe how much support I had. It was you know one of those moments in life where I was just like, wow, it just full circle. I I, I mean you know I couldn't believe the support. So 
And you've given so much support to everyone else. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's about having gratitude for it and, um, and uh, just appreciation, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course. That's another doorway, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me what you're doing now and what, what gets you excited? I have these great cards that I send out now. They're called love people. Like you, I believe in you and you help me along and you're a great parent and um, really, really cool. So you created those. We got uh, a little bit. Oh, sorry. Um, so no, I didn't create them. They're called love bombs. Um, and uh, I should have like a show and tell for you already. So, <laughs> so um, they're called, I don't know if you can see it backwards. You see? Oh yes, Look. I see it. Okay. And then if you open them up, I send these out to people all the time. When I send out thank you cards and things like that, like this one says, you've changed my life. Uh huh. Your laughter is contagious. Did you create these? No. No, I don't know who created them, but I love them. <laughs> so, I can see why you would. Right? So, well, yeah. I'll, I'll go one-to-one -one with you, although this isn't, isn't so much supportive, but this is one that I think is very useful. <laughs> Somebody passed me once. It's a business card. It says, stop, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Good reminder, huh? You got to make some space for ideas to come through. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah what it's all about right yeah. yeah so talk to me now more about the biz shower and how you help people develop their businesses yeah so mostly it's I help early stage startups people come to me with an idea and they don't know what they need legally to set up and and how to navigate uh, you know attorneys accountants their bank account EIN number all of that and so I do that one-on-one -on -one with people now and um and uh, right now I'm working with the Small Business Development Center uh, as a disaster recovery advisor just through COVID. And so I can help people through there as well. Um, and so um, really just any, any, even just a pivot to if, if, if people are struggling, right? How to brainstorm, that's my, that's my forte really. I, I love to think of new ideas for, for venues and, and you know, people's businesses that, that they might not have thought of that they can take a different direction, so. Can, can you say more about that? How, you, when you say that you love to brainstorm, what, what happens when you do that for you? What's, what, what goes on inside you when you, when it comes to you? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I have a million questions, first of all. So I asked a lot of questions, right? You question everything. In fact, I have a couple of friends who are like, you asked me so many questions. <laughs> Like I, you sound like you're interviewing me, right? And it's only for learning. It's not for anything else. Is that I need to understand the big picture of something. I, I need to know all the aspects. The other thing that happens to me sometimes is that my mouth doesn't keep up with my brain because the questions are, are coming so fast. So that might happen. To, it probably has happened today already. And uh, you know, I talk fast, and two ideas might come in at once, and <laughs> they may not make any sense, right? Um, but I You're think that's so it. far. Don't worry. Okay, good, good. So asking, you know, just asking a lot of, a lot of questions. Um, you know, some we heard during the pandemic are entertainment venues, right? And and so some of the ways that we help them were, uh, you know, they have big space, so open space where people can distance and people can shoot videos in their spaces and have concerts. You've seen some of that online, right? Concerts online. And so I think there there's small ways that 
that people can pivot. They, they also have big parking lots. So do a, like a movie theater in your parking lot, right? So um, so just different things that that come out of conversation and you know what they can and can't do. It also takes somebody being open-minded on the other end. So I always equate it with, you know, you don't want someone on the other end who's like that gopher game where you come up with an idea and they go, no, no, I don't want to, but I already did that. I tried that, right? Like you want someone, I always tell people when I'm brainstorming, let's just throw ideas and say yes to everything, right? Yes, and instead of yes, but. So that helps. You know, uh, Kathleen Fife, don't you? I don't. She used to work for the chamber in Saratoga. And her... Her tagline, she's a lovely lady. Her tagline is, what else is possible? Yeah, that's great. I love that. Isn't yeah. it? Because you, that. when you start asking questions, that opens up everything. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Kathy with a K, Kathleen? Kathleen Fife. Fife. Yeah, she has her own consulting firm now. Great. Yeah. But I I love that. I think that the whole question about what else? What if? Mm-hmm. What could be right. rather than what isn't? Yeah. And we're so, so I, do you find that people have been sort of conditioned to, to say can't or won't? Yes. Or already done that? Or they operate from, I talked about somebody this this morning. She calls herself frugal, right? And so I said, I said, well, why don't you, you operate from a position of abundance? that the world has enough for all of us. And sometimes it's how we grew up, right? If you grew up poor and you you needed to be scrappy or whatever, you don't have that in you. And and so, you know, trying to change that mindset is hard sometimes, right? Because you feel like you need to save and hoard and, you know, not do things. But, you know, um, I don't think that that's true. I think, I think you can be supported in the universe if you're open to, like you said, possibility. One of the things I do with my clients is something called mind mapping. I think you've done that with oh, me. Yes. Now I'm doing it at an even deeper level. So what mind mapping is, is you take sort of yourself in the middle and you all I can describe it as is sort of bicycle spokes right around. And you say, who's in my network? What are my resources? And who are my biggest champions within that, re- within that network, right? And so taking a look at who that might be and then what did they do? What are their resources? Like, do they play volleyball? Where do they go to church? Like all those things become two degrees of separation. It's, you've heard of six degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? <laughs> so, right? It's a, I play that game a lot. And so, um, so, so who, you know, just to make your networks deeper, you don't realize all the resources you have and every day meeting all, like, all the people on this call, right? Are your new resources. So how do you deepen those networks to make those connections? We're all connected. So how do you, how do you, you know, utilize that for your- yeah. So that's another uh, that's another um, aspect of creativity is just exploration, right? Curiosity, yeah. Who's who else? Right, yeah. right, yeah. What else? And how how can I create this in a different way? And what resources can I use? My work is three dimensional, so I see everything. I have to be careful not to become a hoarder because I'm like, oh, I gotta use those old straws, to, you know, whatever, right? I just have my. This is a funny story. My grandmother is 95, and um, my mom and my cousin, she lives in Vermont, are starting to clean out some of her stuff. And she grew up during the depression, so she's a little bit of a hoarder. My my um, cousin found 
a hundred pairs of unmatched socks, right? <laughs> and so, and so of course my first thing is make sock puppets out of them. Somebody wants to make, pop, you know, and my, my mom and my cousin are like, just throw them away. So anyway, so I had to be careful not to, not to hoard too much. Anytime you're creating things with your hands, you tend to collect things that, yeah get stashed away in boxes and containers yeah. And yeah i know there was a lint artist at one point and every time i i you know take out the lint of, of my dryer i go oh i wonder if i could be a lint artist <laughs> you know like i know someone that does things out of eggshells and so yeah so it's kind of cool what would you say has been or was there ever a time that was the most difficult for you in terms of creativity and coming up with new ideas yeah what and, did you do yeah so it was back at that time when I um, was at a the very stressful job and I started to you know have anxiety and I had carpal tunnel I could tell my wrist because I was typing all the time and I I just knew my body and knew my mind and so I just said I can't you know I can't do this so made an effort to to take time off I mean I, I think sometimes we get stuck in because I work full time that my boss would never say I can only work four days a week. So I asked for four days a week and I got it pretty easily. I'd been there a while. And, you know, so I think sometimes we, we get in our own way because we think we're going to get a different answer. We think we know someone or we think it's a certain way. Right. And just to ask. And, you know, it's like when you want to open a door somewhere and you think, oh, that person's like too um, powerful or whatever, you know, um, don't be afraid. Right. So, with that in mind, I have to tell you a great story because I, I want to promote her a little bit as well. So uh, this year I was watching, um, it's a spinoff of Project Runway called Making the Cut. I don't know if you saw it. It's a fashion show. And this woman named Esther Purbrand, um, you see that one? Yeah. yeah. Um, got second place, right? And I really liked her and I liked her style. And so I ended up at the end of the show to support her. I bought a, a necklace from her. She's based in Germany. And it was delayed because she was popular on the show. So, but every step of the way she wrote a note, it was, it seemed very personalized. Janet, I'm sorry, it's delayed. And I knew exactly what was happening and all that. Got the necklace, I loved it. And recently I saw, of course, now I'm on her mailing list. She has a scarf that has a built-in mask. Isn't this cool? Right? Oh my gosh. And it's antimicrobial, antiviral, some fabric made in Italy. Okay, so here's the cool part about this whole thing. I got this personalized note from her that said, Dear Janet, so happy to see that you found again something for you. Thank you. All the best from Esther. And she remembered that I was a repeat customer, right? And wrote a personalized note that I truly think is from her. And so that means everything to me, right? And so it's those little things. I don't know that what we were on just now, but I just wanted to share that with you because she's creative and she's found a way to really um, communicate with her customers no matter where she is, right? And, and so sometimes you don't know if someone's famous or they're on TV that they, they're just human. They're, they're human, right. <laughs> right, right. So yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny how we as humans imagine this negative future and then we operate based on something we've made up. Yes. Right? Like, oh, yes. they're not going to like this or I'll never be able to do this or right. 
they'll think it's garbage or and then so then we can't we don't do it and it's we, so fulfilling no, we've just yeah made it up. yeah so so with that in mind you know, you know i do vision boarding a lot with with clients right so think about think about well i if you hadn't seen this before i saw a lot of people putting on their vision boards i want to work from home i want to spend more time with my family <laughs> right and now it's happening. You're with your family probably a lot and you're <laughs> isolated at home. That's what you wanted. You, you got what you wished for, right? So, but again, it can happen in the opposite way too, right? So, so I always tell people, be careful what you put on vision boards because you're going to probably get it. And so if you say things like crush it, nail it, be careful. That, that has double meaning, right? Make sure there's not double entendres in there. And um, I put a picture one year of a Buddha in the middle of my board and the chamber sent me to China and it ended up at the largest Buddha temple in China. And I thought for me, it was meditation. It was be more spiritual and all that. And whew, did that manifest in a different way? How so, funny. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's really great. At this point, I'm going to open up the call to anyone who'd like to ask a question. So if you would just raise your blue digital hand, which you probably know where it is since we Zoom is our second home these days. <laughs> And if not, we'll just keep chatting away. Does Hope still have her question? We'll find out. <laughs> hope, give us some hope. <laughs> Hi there. Thank Hi. you, Janet. That's um, very interesting. I can relate to so much of that. My mind is constantly racing too. I just haven't executed nearly as, as much as you have. But um, my question was about the biz showers, which I didn't catch the name at first. And yep. then later on I did. But now my follow-up question would be, if we wanted to see what it is that you're doing, you have so many different projects, so many different businesses, where's the best place for us to go to get that? Um, hammockwayoflife.com is okay. really, Hammockway of Life is kind of where my email address is and it's Janet Tangway at hammockwayoflife.com. That's the easiest way to communicate with me and, and the, all the other things sort of feed off, off of it. So they're sort of umbrella businesses and things. So, and if you're not part of my entrepreneur meetup group um, on Facebook, that's also an easy free thing to do. And we have regular meetings once a month and it's about any topic that you want. It could be creative. It could be, and you can show up as you are. I don't care if you're in your pajamas or your chef outfit or whatever, just show up, <laughs> right? Chef so. outfit on the top, pajamas on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so, so come as you are. So Janet, with all the people that you've worked with, what has been the most challenging situation that you've had with someone? Yeah, I think it's when when people lose money. You know, sometimes we have we have an idea and we just think it's going to take off, and you don't listen to the experts or the resources. And it's not that they're being naysayers. Like I, I always tried to be the voice of positivity because there's a lot of not to you know they're they're realists, right? Lenders and uh, you know loan officers and bankers and things like that and accountants and attorneys and you know they scare you sometimes from you know stop you but they're they're being realistic this could happen that could happen they're just setting the stage for all the things that could happen but then your fear builds up but sometimes you need to listen to that um i think that there needs to be a good balance so i so i always felt bad when i had you know i've seen people put their life savings into something and then maybe something changed, like a competitor moved next door, zoning changed, there was construction in front of their business and they put their life savings, all the retirement into that and then it failed. So those were always the hardest ones to kind of come back from, you know? And um, so I would say that's that's probably, probably it, that, you know, to lift them back up after that is tough. 
Yeah, and and what would you what would you appeal to them? How would you appeal to them when that happened in terms of helping them get over the the trauma of that? Yeah, I and mean, it's a it's a matter of I mean, you have to self-heal sometimes. I mean, I, you can't fix it for them. They've right. got to go through the process of just like when someone dies, right? They mourn and you know, there's a there's a process of that. They might be in denial that it happened and you know, and, and how can they build it? But you can always find ways to build build it up. They built it once and they can, you know, you can build it again. So it's mostly just re- making them realize that nothing is the end all and be all. We're all in transition and and things can change. So mm-hmm it's fluid and to, there's a reason and a lesson in it and, you know, to help one small step forward. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. So that makes me wonder how you encourage people to trust that, that voice that says, do this, go do this. This would be really cool. Right. Even though that potential of failing is still there. Right. How do, you, do you find that people have that kind of push me, pull you. I want to, but I'm afraid. I really think this would be neat, but what if it isn't? Yeah, yeah. And and I and I think I until I did it myself, <laughs> I used to just say, go, go do it. Right. I'd push people off the cliff and say, fly, you know, I'll catch you. And uh since I've been my own entrepreneur, I don't do that all as much anymore because I know how hard it is, right? So I um I think it's important to pay attention to the things that you really need, right? Do you really need health insurance? Do you really need, you know, some of, some of those things, but take small steps to make those things happen. You can do small things and, and I, I just keep repeating it, but I really mean that like those build up after time, right? And then that small step, oh, all of a sudden you turn around and you're like, I'm up that mountain. I didn't even realize I'd come this far, right? And so I don't necessarily think anymore that it has to be the huge leap. Sometimes that helps because you have no other choice. People get laid off from a job, they have a life circumstance change and they get pushed into it. But if you're looking to do it, I think there's ways to, you know, explore an incubator kitchen before you go open a restaurant, buy a food truck before you do, right? Do some catering, something like that. I think there's little things you can do depending on what your, you know, what your niche is to, you know. So a little bit of homework goes a long way. Yeah, it does, you know, and don't be afraid to fail. I mean, the, the beauty of, of, you know, being an artist or being a creative or being anything in life is you can fail and just dust yourself off and go, go do it again. You know, failure is where we, we learn the most. So, right. yeah. Well, you really wonder, and I'd love to get your thoughts about this, what, what it is that we're really afraid of losing if we quote unquote fail, because what does fail really mean? Right, right. Um, and sometimes I just sit with that. Again, you can do that in meditation or you can do that through your art and, and whether it's writing or painting and well, yeah, what does it mean when you, when, when you fail, right? I, I think, you know, sometimes we're afraid to ask for help. Any, I'm not great at asking for help, frankly. <laughs> Anytime that I have asked for help, uh, a lot of people have been there, right? So, so sometimes it's, it's, you don't have to do it alone. You're not alone, right? There's lots of support for it. So, um, I don't, yeah, I don't think you have to, I, what's the worst that could happen? You die, right? Right? <laughs> really, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> right? So. And good, I would suppose, to know where the worst is that could happen, you know, asking that question. Right. What's yeah. the worst? Right. What's the best? Yeah. And I think you'll find that the scenarios you come up with are not really all that bad. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I think it's a really interesting question because so much, when you look at people who are wildly successful, people who've had multiple quote unquote failures or multiple bankruptcies, what do you think it is that keeps them going to the next idea, to the next possibility? That's a good, that's a great question. One of my heroes is, uh, in, as an entrepreneur is Richard Branson, right? Uh-huh. And he's had 300 companies. He has 300 companies and many of them have failed and he's yeah, gone bankrupt, poured all his money in, you know, he had a mother that just said, don't, <laughs> she just passed away actually. Um, don't, you know, you, you can't fail. Like go, just keep go, going, you know, at, at first he was shy and he, he didn't dare to get out there. And, you know, then he, he's all out in the public doing crazy stunts and, you know, he get out of his shyness and every single time he failed, she said, get back out there, <laughs> you know? And after a while that, that gets in you. If you do that enough times, it just becomes habit, right? There's a great book I'm reading called Atomic Habits. And it's a great way to get out of your, your own way. And once you start doing that, it, you don't have to think about it anymore. It just comes naturally. Yeah. I like the name of it. Yeah. It's of a cool- that book. I would, it's a, it's worth a reread actually. I've read it once. I don't usually read too many books twice because I'm on to the next thing, but that one I, I reread because it reminds me, you know, of good habits kind of like, yeah. if you want to lose weight, get up in the morning and put your sneakers on every morning, put your sneakers on. Is That's this before it. or after you make your bed? <laughs> good question, right? <laughs> and then maybe you walk 10 steps, right? And then the next morning you might walk out the door and whatever, right? And that's how you run a marathon. You put on your sneakers first. It's, it, to me, I'm always amazed at how we can use our thinking to either take us to great heights or the absolute depths. Yeah. And yeah. so much of that depends on our mood, who we've been talking to, the weather, all sorts of crazy stuff that we become almost mesmerized by our thinking. And oftentimes it's the thinking that's limiting us from doing something out of our usual customary behavior or ways of doing things. So yeah, it's the choices we make, right? How we look at things, right? We get up in the morning and how do you, how do you, you know, when someone says something bad or whatever, it's, or they're in a bad mood, it has nothing to do with you. It's probably something that's going on with them, but we internalize it and all that. And then it becomes our yucky day, right? So, so, right. So, so it's our choice to say, you know what, that's their thing. It's not my thing. Move along. Right. And, and so, yeah, I think that's really important. The choices that we, that we make every day for our own well-being. You've probably read this book called the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And one of the, the, uh, commandments is never take anything personally yes so however somebody is responding to you it's coming from their own projection it doesn't really say anything about you or doesn't really reflect anything about the time and effort and the quality of the work you do it's just their perception right the way they've been conditioned to see the world and to see other people yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the, the biggest lesson I think I've learned in life is that, you know, my truth is not your truth. Right. And so for a lot of years, I tried to protect other people from knowing my truth and knowing 
who I am as a wacky creative or whatever, right? And so, right? And so that scared them. Oh, she doesn't want a real job. She doesn't want to go to work nine to five and do things the traditional way, any, anything traditional really, right? So, um, but that was their issue and I made it mine. I said, I don't want to offend, I don't want to rock their boat of that I need to take these steps in life. And so that's long gone. I mean, I'm living my own truth and it's the best thing ever. And now they can, you know, Deal, deal with it or not, right? So, right, but not doing that. I think a lot of people don't do that. If we all lived in that truth space more often, it would be a better place to be. Yeah, and, and that I think, again, I'd love to get your opinion on this. I think that sometimes people are afraid to do that. Yeah, yeah, because they're gonna be judged or um, shunned or maybe lose a job. I'm serious, you know, there's lots of reasons why people people don't do that, right? And. Uh, and I understand the fear behind that. And yeah, wish I had not paid attention that, you know, when I was younger to that because it, it has no value. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And haven't we all, right? Yeah. Haven't we all been victim to that? I was listening to somebody recently talk about how many of us deny ourselves what we really want. Yeah. Yeah. From the little things, little piece of chocolate to some creative really wild thing oh that's too far out of reach i can't do that i'll never be able to do that but again we're making up some fiction about what we can or can't do we don't even know right and sometimes it's just based on like you said how we grew up what 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 the the role models that we had growing up said to us right and or somebody we respected a lot or whatever it sticks in your mind and you think oh i can't do it because this was said to me or they said so right exactly (laughs) I worked with an artist one time who said she got yelled at in I don't know second or third grade for making pink clouds and the teacher said clouds are blue or white or whatever color they were and she's like no look they're pink you know that teacher would not bend on the pink so for the longest time she didn't become an artist because she felt like she couldn't express herself in pink clouds and so anyway she's a great artist now but she uh she had to get over that hump yeah. There's a um, a writer, <clears throat> pardon me, named Natalie Goldberg. She's a Buddhist teacher, and she's a writer, and she's also a, a painter. And she paints in watercolors, but her colors are, she just said, I don't care what they look like. I'm going to paint what I want them to be. So she would make purple skies and, you know, creatures that were multicolored and add color just because it felt so good to her that she wasn't afraid of she got less and less afraid of doing something that was against the grain for most people and i also talked to somebody recently who teaches people um, who teaches voice to people um, who have been what she calls vocally abused when they were kids and told that they can't sing. Because you know the story of how when you're in kindergarten, can any, who can sing here? Me, 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 who can paint? Me, me, you know, they can do anything. Yeah. But at a certain point, they the hands don't go up as much anymore, and then they. What's start- that person's name? I actually would love the name because I I I need that. I I can't even sing the happy birthday song because <laughs> something similar. A teacher who went around the room, and I you know I have this deep voice, and I didn't resonate with alto and soprano or whatever. And so these, I said, you're in a category all by yourself. Just sort of just hang there. Right. Well, she's going to be on this call. So. Oh, cool. Based in. Uh, 
in London. Right, I watched Heather Mayer, and she's just a delight. And you just realize how many of us have been conditioned not to do something that doesn't fit into some prescribed safe mold. And yet what you're doing, which is so cool, is encouraging people who have dreams to just get rid of the mold. Just who cares? Who needs it? Yeah. And yeah. show that they don't need it. Right. And the more specific you are, I think this is an important piece of the puzzle, especially with vision boarding, is be specific about what you want. Right. So I have people that are financial advisors and real estate people, and they put they put their exact financial, what they want, again, for them, it's financial on the board in a number, right? And so it, every year they make their dreams come true. Put specifically where you want to go, what island. Don't just say, I want to go to an island while you, you know, right? So, Could be on the Hudson River. Gilligan's <laughs> Island, I don't know. So, um, so, you know, just be specific about what your goals and dreams are. The more specific, because the universe, I think, pays attention. It's just, they don't know what to do if you're not specific, right? It's going to take longer because you haven't figured it out. So how can anybody else figure it out? Yeah. Right? yeah. And sometimes I think there's another way of doing it, which is just kind of following the bouncing ball. You know, you have something that wants to be created, but you don't necessarily know, but you just follow that impulse. Oh, what if I go here? Oh, and then something happens that you can't predict. Right. And right. people come in to help you that you never would have run into. Yeah. Synchronicity. I always tell people, follow the synchronicity. And when you, you're not getting synchronicity, it's that, again, that stubborn moment where you keep hitting up against roadblocks and, and you're like, mm, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I could just see this differently. And then if you shift slightly, all of a sudden, yeah, you're in what they call flow, right? And, right. And yeah, people, you have so much support. So, so be careful of those moments when you keep hitting. Because the moments that I've done that, where I've hit it and ignored it, have been disastrous. <laughs> we'll do that on another show, right? <laughs> where I just kept trying to push through, and yeah, did not work out so well. So follow the flow. Definitely. Yeah, I have a great story of a friend of mine who lives in this, in New York City, and uh, there is a homeless man, Armando, that lives in. Central Park. And he's been homeless for a long time. And to make a long story short, he uh, found a book by Eckhart Tolle called The Power of Now, and it changed his life. So much so that when my friend met him in Central Park, she would see well-to-do Manhattan people sitting on his bench weeping because of how he encouraged their uh, encourage them to be present and not to pay attention to that kind of thinking that got them in the place they were weeping in the beginning. And she thought, wouldn't it be a cool idea to get Eckhart Tolle to meet Armando? And she didn't know him. She doesn't, you know, but uh, Eckhart Tolle used to do a show at the Beacon Theater every year. And she just followed her nose. She called the publicity person who said, you're exactly the kind of people that we try to keep away from him. Oh, <laughs> you, know? No. But she, you know, she just said, well, I don't know who you are, but thank you. I love you. And uh, she went on and then she followed another hunch and followed another hunch. And the, the end of the story is that just by making a few calls, following her hunches, um, she was able to meet his personal assistant who arranged it and set it up and one day she was at the it was a cold rainy march morning and 
she met Armando and his publicist, I mean, Ar Eckhart Tolle and his publicist, and they went to Central Park and he met Armando. And, but it was not planning, fixing, struggling. She said she had no sense of personal accomplishment, that it was almost as if it was out of her hands and she was like the midwife. Right, right, sure. Yeah, and it's it's being, you know, persistent, having that grit. I think, you know, a lot of good entrepreneurs and artists are adaptable and they just keep going. If something's thrown in their path, they find a way to to get up, dust themselves off and and keep going. And, and I think that's a, a great message that, you know, one person can say no to you and that's just one small speck in the universe. So, so find someone else who'll say yes, right? Right, so. because there is someone. Yeah. There's exactly. always somebody. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes more than one person, right? So. Yeah, hopefully. Right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just going to put the invite out there for anyone who is listening on our call. If you want to ask Janet a question, comment. Otherwise, we're going to keep on keeping on for a couple more minutes. Oh, Ty has a question. Well, it's just more a comment because of the creative minds in here. And you know, you guys paint, but I create with chocolate and fondant and fruit. And, you know, when I look at a strawberry or a typical chocolate covered strawberry, like that in my logo, which is probably rare that you see I make those, but it's my, my it's always been, and Janet knows, like I am my worst competition. So I'm always trying to outdo myself and outdoing myself means out creating myself, which means I'm spending more money because, <laughs> you know, that, that creative brain never stops. And, you know, with the meditation, like I've, I've actually found a point in my life now where, you know, COVID kind of pretty much made me sit still for a minute to really reevaluate. And, you know, it's sometimes I have to stop, I have to be my person to stop myself because it's normally my husband really like, listen, you want to have a business or you want to just keep making stuff. So, you know, that's, I think that's one of the disadvantages of being um, an entrepreneur that is a creative mind because you don't, necessarily always see that line where you should stop and it's like gosh but if I do this one little thing like you were saying Nina it, it, it'll just make it look like this and it'll, it'll just be you know and you may not necessarily have that material but your your creative brain won't allow you to stop right so you know and listening to you know what Janet was saying and talking about the meditation and listening to what you were saying Nina, about you know just not limiting yourself at the same time so it's, it's your constant fight with fear that you know like okay if I do this will I be prepared for it and I think that's my battle a lot because I don't see, you know, a lot of what I do with some of my products. So I don't see many people who have a legitimate business that do it. You know, they may have like the little side hustle or whatever, but a legitimate business that does it. But with me being just me, my constant battle with myself is 
if I finally decide to open up and let it out, will I be prepared? And that's, you know, the one thing, you know, I, I, I struggle with. And Janet knows she, she gets my panic calls or my emails or messages when I feel like, you know, okay, something is about to happen. And I don't know if I want to, you know, do I really want to say, you know, do I want to stay like this or do I want to do this? And I just actually had a post today because I saw something last night where at the end of the day, when all is said and done, I want to be impactful. I don't want to be impressive. So when you remember anything about me or you remember anything about my product, I want you to remember how I impacted you or how my product impacted you, not how impressed you was with the product or me. So um, just just the creative brain and, and how we think is crazy how it crosses over, you know, from painting to I don't bake, but the things I do do. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so I, I I am enjoying this conversation because it's not very many that I can have with creative thinkers. You know, even though I'm a product based, but it does you know correlate with one and each you know one of each thing. So. It absolutely does, and I love what you're saying. And and you know what I I remember having some of your delicious sweets at Janet's event. But what I hear in what you're saying is that you have a wisdom inside of you that knows when you're about to go over the edge. And that's worth trusting. I wake up every morning and I say, how can I, how can I serve the world with the skills that I've been given? Right. And so whatever it is shows up that day. Right. And some of that might be resting. Yeah. Giving our brains a rest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And turn it off, right? Turn it off. Exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Well, we are at the top of the hour. So I want to thank everyone again for being on the call. And especially Janet, thank you for being here and sharing your wisdom and your creativity and your delightful love of life and the creative process. Same. It's always great to spend time with you. And thanks to everyone for showing up. It, it, you know, it, it's so helpful when people show up for these sorts of things. So it certainly for- is. And would you again tell us where to find you? Sure. It's uh, Janet Tangway at hammockwayoflife.com or you can text me at 518-527-6397. Great. Thank you so much.